Welcome to Map It Marketing for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Claver, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I've learned that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time. And trying to work it all out is quite frankly often very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. Living by your own strong ethics around consumerism and the environment while growing a manufacturing and e-commerce business is not without its challenges. Our guest today, Sarah Primrose, is the creator and founder of Primrose & Co, and she has managed to do just that. She successfully moved her business from one that sells at markets to a brand that is now sold online and via a range of retailers in New Zealand and beyond. Sarah's background as a chef, food stylist, menu and recipe developer, nature explorer, avid gardener, keeper of chickens and sheep, has helped her create a business that truly reflects her own style and passions. She even grows some of the flowers and her products on her beautiful lifestyle blog, which is surrounded by gardens, native bush and rolling hills, where she lives with her partner Scott and a menagerie of dogs, cats and other animals. She's truly living the good life. Primrose and Co is all about knowing where things come from, where they end up, and how we can live more sustainably with Earth Mother and our planet. Putting nature at the heart of her decisions, Sarah's entire brand message is seen through the types of packaging she uses and how she aligns herself with other businesses and influencers. She's definitely had to step over more than her fair share of hurdles, though, and she's had to take risks to see the growth that the business is now experiencing. I've had the privilege of watching Sarah's progress right from the early days. I personally use her products and last year we got to work alongside Sarah with some strategy, some marketing automation and Facebook ads. I consider her to be one of the most sunshining people that I know. Truly, she is a beautiful human. She truly lives and breathes her values and this podcast is going to inspire anyone with big dreams and goals who has started off small with a tiny budget and wants to know, is it possible? Because with Sarah, it certainly is. So enjoy this podcast. She is honestly the most beautiful ray of happiness and she's going to be a great listen to. Hello there, it's me again. Just before we start this podcast, I want to highlight that at the beginning of the podcast, Sarah does a little bit of a pause and freezes. I am not choosing podcast guests based on their expertise in terms of public speaking. I am choosing you people who I feel have a great story to tell, who I appreciate, respect and admire. That means that sometimes I'm new to it. We did do the option of redoing the entire podcast, but Sarah and I both decided that we wanted you to see that this is part of the journey often as a business owner, is learning how to do these things. And sometimes we don't get them right 100% of the time. So please respect that that happened and understand that she is so incredible and it, do not let it take it away from the rest of this podcast at all because she's an amazing human being. Right, let's get in and get listening. Hello and 
and welcome to episode 11 of Map It Marketing. And thank you so much for listening in. Um, now, just before I jump in, I need to tell you that we are recording this as a video as well. And Sarah and I have discovered this new immersion type of video with Zoom where we've got a cool background. So if you hear us uproariously giggling through this session, it's because we've forgotten to look at each other the right way or we've done a weird thing and it makes our hands look weird or something. But we have a nice backdrop and it looks like we're sitting at a table together, which is cool because we're not powerful of technology. Um, so thank you so much for listening in today. Um, if you, before we just jump in and, and introduce um, Sarah with you, uh, I would like to encourage any of you to come along to our Facebook group, Map It Marketing. So in that group, you can ask questions about marketing and get support. It's one of my favorite places of the internet, and I'd love you to join me. But enough of that. Um, our guest today is Sarah Primrose. I've introduced her in the introduction. She is one of my favorite people. She is the sunshiniest person I know, uh, which I've already said a couple of times in the introduction, but I'm just laying it in thick. Um, so now she has to smile. <laughs> so I thought I'd start off with just asking Sarah, Sarah, what is Primrose & Co? And how did it start? And why did you start it? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Rachel. You're it's welcome. such an um, Yeah, so Primrose & Co uh, basically started... Um, because I was having a big, massive shift of my values. So, um, yeah, basically Primrose & Co. is, is um, about putting nature first. So we put um, nature at the heart of our decisions and the environment. Um, sorry. That's okay. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're so chatty-chatty until we turn on the microphone and then you're like, and you're like, you're like, I don't want to listen to you. It's so serious. I'm serious because I'm running notes. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so and we basically. I'll start you off then. So you said nature is the heart of your decisions. And had you owned a business before? No, we hadn't owned a business before. Um, we'd been, I had uh, run lots of businesses in terms of um, cafes and restaurants and things. So I've got a hospitality background. Um so this was a big shift in terms of making products um, to take to the market. Um, but it basically just started off as a hobby for me. Um, and it was because we were looking at creating change in our own home and reducing waste and using natural products and yeah. what, you know, what reading the ingredients on the back of products. And, you know, um, so Primrose & Co. basically started um, to reduce waste um, yeah, and chemicals in our home. And it has changed a lot, eh? Like I, I said in the intro, um, the one that you haven't heard yet, uh, that I've known you for a long time and seen this business go from this tiny little hobby business to a really amazing, thriving small business. And originally it was just bees wraps, beeswax wraps really, wasn't it? Yeah, so we, we started off with bees wraps. Um, we did make a few natural products um, and we, in the back of, my mind we were going to be doing that uh, we just wanted to see what the reaction would be because at the time when we started doing the bees wraps and doing all these alternative weird products people kind of thought I'd lost my mind and <laughs> what yeah. was wrong with Sarah why has she le left this big corporate job in the city and you know quit her job and started making all these weird hippie products um yeah you're having a crisis right <laughs> Hey Sarah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, it was, and it has. It's um, evolved like over over time uh, immensely, and it, and it continues to evolve. We're continuously tweaking and changing, and 
growing. So yeah, it's really exciting. Because you've got like lots of, like I call myself a career octopus. I've had lots of different backgrounds and you're kind of like that too, aren't you? You've had lots of different things that you've done. And this is a lot of it, this is a combination, isn't it? Of all those other things and then tying it to a passion. Would that be right? Yeah, definitely. So I'm a qualified chef by trade, um, but I've always been very artistic and creative and love design and things. So, um, and, f- you know, creating food is a form of, of art. Uh, so, yeah, basically, like a, in terms of food and being a chef, I was also into sustainability in terms of food and things. So, you know, making decisions like to not eat tuna. Uh, we don't eat fish unless we catch it ourselves. So just making conscious decisions every day to to help the planet. Yeah. So because one of the things that you said in the notes, which I didn't put in the intro, which I thought was really interesting and a gutsy move, is you have actually done all your own design in terms of your branding, your packaging, all that stuff has actually been, you, like you're getting people to make stuff, but it's all been your design, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. So, well, when when we first started, we started as Primrose Bees Wrap. Um, we, we are now Primrose and Co. So we decided to make that transition um, last year in lockdown, um, and it was a good time, I think, to to change as well because people only recognised us with the Bees Wrap name, mm. um, even though we have from the get go we have also had natural products as well. Um, but yeah, I do all of my own design um I have had a friend right at the beginning who helped me with um the Primrose logo Mm. uh, which actually quite a long time it took nearly two months just to get our our logo it's amazing Um, isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah so it was just it was constantly changing like we had about I don't know maybe 10 or 15 different options or styles for Primrose and Co or Primrose Bees Wrap at the time um but yeah so now now I've I love to have control over everything. We're constantly tweaking things as well. Um, And it also just um, gives us more flexibility to be able to change and alter things as we need. Yeah. I've got a question, and this is like gone totally field. I haven't prepared you for this. Sorry, Sarah. Um, But I have been following this guy on TikTok who's launching his own uh, beauty brand, and it's a skincare brand. And he was costing out how much it's costing him before he even launches to get his brand together. And he has said, and this is like getting the branding right, getting his samples, because he's obviously not making his stuff and all these sort of things. And he said, we're doing this completely bootstrapped, lower cost, and so far it's cost us $30,000. Oh, my gosh. Would that have been similar to you, or would yours have been a lot cheaper than that? We we literally probably only started with, like, $2,000. Yeah. Okay. So that's the thing, right? So yeah. like, you know, when people say that stuff, it freaks people out, but you can't, there's lots of different ways to enter a market, isn't there? Like a, like a, not a market yeah. of the markets, but the business market. Yeah. And so we started with me printing all my own labels at home on Avery labels. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's really like, we've definitely altered and um, made things a lot better as we've grown. Um, we, we, I design my own labels now and we get them printed by a professional printer, which is so much easier. How nice is I'm that? Like using a guillotine to like cut every single label and oh my goodness. Yeah, I've got another client actually and she does some prints them on A4 and then guillotines them up, you know, and then so it's a yeah. big job. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that's amazing. And you did start at markets, didn't you? You still do quite a lot of markets. I think I said in the intro that I suspect you yeah. quite like them because you are an extrovert and you like having that conversational time as well 
Yeah, and going to the markets, it's it's like going and seeing your family every every week or every couple of weeks, yeah. um, depending on which market you're going to as well. It's mm-hmm. been probably one of the best things for us um, networking as well, um, especially with other small businesses um, and finding out what other people are doing. That's how we found out about you as well. Um, oh, thanks. Yes. <laughs> We go to the Mungify Tavern Market every Saturday. So that's the first market that we ever ever did. Um, and the first market, I think we did $600, and I was just so over the moon. We were so oh, excited. exciting. And we didn't have <laughs> or anything. So, uh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was really exciting at the time um, because you, you question yourself so much when you, you know, put yourself out there and you're like, is this going to work? Are people are going to like my products. You know, is it going to be something that's viable? Um, yeah. yeah. So what about um, the limitations of markets? Because you enjoy them and you do love that buzz. But when we worked t- together a little bit last year and we talked about this, we realised that the growth was limited by having to be at markets to sell and constantly do that. What were some of the limitations you found from just being at markets? Um, so, yeah, definitely like limitations would be you, you have to, if you want to go to the markets, you really need to dedicate your time to doing them. Yeah. Uh, we've nearly been going, or well, in October, we've been, we'll be three years old, the business. So uh, every weekend for nearly three years, we've been doing markets. Um, so, yeah, you're giving up, you know, events on weekends that you might be spending time with family and friends mm. um, just because you're trying to get that cash flow happening. You're trying to get your brand out there. Um COVID was massive, um, a massive limitation, um, not being that contact anymore and being in lockdown. So, and then and then that cash flow just stopping. Um, yeah, huge, we, right? Massive. And then that's exactly the reason why we're like, okay, we need to look at other alternatives of cash flow as well as online sales. Yeah. Because it is a scary thing, isn't it? Because it, it's, Doing markets is amazing, but you can get stuck in this treadmill because you're having to show up to do it all the time. It is you doing it. And I and imagine when you were doing those markets, you weren't going, oh, great. So I did, I spent four hours packing the car and I spent three hours doing this and I spent three hours at the market. So now I should get paid this amount of money. You weren't factoring those costs necessarily in, were you, when you were doing it or you were? Um, not so much time, um, like in terms of packing cars or anything, no. Um the cost of display and things like that, yes, we, we have. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, it is it is a lot of time to, to be doing markets and expos and things. And one of the mm. things um, that, I, that I know we talked about last year when we were talking about your business was one of the big things you had to do was change your pricing structure, wasn't it, to prepare for growth. Your market yeah. price, you know, it's easy when you're manufacturing to set this price, but when you're wanting to sell wholesale, there's another set of play, isn't there? Yeah, so um, we yeah we did. We had to um, change our pricing, um, and that was like a big <laughs> shock to the system. Um, there was a few tensions around that too, wasn't there? Like it felt weird. Yeah. Did it feel weird? Yeah, I felt so lost, mm. and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what's going on?" Like it, it almost put me on pause. Like I felt like I just stopped, and I didn't know really because it, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed so foreign. Um, but it, it, I think it was also because there's the perception of what someone will buy at a market and then what people will buy in a shop or in a store. 
I saw someone yesterday on Facebook. She said, oh, it's time for me to close the shopping cart now. And it was, I don't know what brand it was, but it was a bath mat and it was $534. Oh, gosh. And I was like, listen, <laughs> if there's a bath mat out there that can be bought for $534, I'm pretty sure most of my clients can put their prices up. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it must be magic and you must never have to wash it. It's an Aladdin carpet. When you stand on it, you go to a magical universe where everyone loves your TikTok videos and people buy your products. (laughs) (laughs) It cleans the bathroom after you've had the shower. That would be a magic bath mat, I reckon. So I, I do think that that does make it really hard. And I know that you have had to do some big steps in backing yourself. I want to, I, I I totally know the value of you and I feel like you're a great cheerleader for yourself, but, and we don't normally do this, but you did mention in the bio, which I added in the introduction, that you live um, on this beautiful property with your partner, Scott. How important mm. has it been for you to have that support structure and other support structures around you to keep on pushing forward with this for you? Oh, I wouldn't be able to do it without Scott. Um, he is my superhero. So, and he, and he is also, that's another limitation, um, in terms of going to markets is, um, yeah, he, he's working and holding the fort while I'm out at markets. And then sometimes he's out at markets as well. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it without him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also my family, my, you know, Andrea, my sister, she's amazing. And my other sister and my parents are such a big support as well as friends as well. Um, yeah. And they believe in what I'm doing, which is amazing. Um, yeah. So I'm so grateful for them. So they don't think you're too kooky for going on the whole, like, good life. <laughs> Back to basic. Oh, like going to Wellsford? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I grew up on a farm. Oh, okay. So, so they're okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, and I'm from Northland. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love it. I think it's awesome. I'm not judging you on it. I'm just saying, you know, like it's just, it is like, because I do think we forget often with small businesses to push yourself and back yourself. There is a step where you've got to take a risk, but the risk isn't just yours when you're in a relationship with someone. Mm, yeah. And and Scott, Scott had been saying to me for years beforehand, he, he's like, we just need to bottle a little bit of Sarah and, and put it on the market. And, I, and and we didn't know if it was going to be a food product. Nice. <laughs> um, we didn't know if it would be a cafe. We didn't know what it would be. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, it's just kind of grown really since we moved to the property as well because I love sustainability. I love growing, um, you know, flowers and f- vegetables and fruit and all that type of thing. I love knowing every single process to where the, how the final product mm-hmm. is made. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's so, amazing. So I know that you've had that support, but is there like limiting beliefs or things that you've had to jump over to get to where you are now in terms of things like were there things that you had to that were confronting that you had to kind of walk yourself yeah. through and yeah? Heaps. <laughs> All right. We've got room for a couple, yeah. I reckon. <laughs> so many limiting beliefs. Oh, um, so many, it's so hard. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, even just starting the business in the first place, mm. um, like so many, so much self doubt. Um, you know, and, and when you've got people saying, "Oh, you know, have you turned into a hippie? Like, why are you making these products? Oh, it's just a hobby." Um, and people still think it's just a hobby. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I actually we Scott and I are really into um, you know self development, um, and we went to a seminar in Australia. Um, and it was actually there that I was like, okay, I'm ready to, I'm ready to do this. It was just, 
I had kind of got to that level of procrastinating so much. I was like, if I don't do it, I'm going to hate myself. Yeah. And so I, it was actually the thought of not doing it. Yeah. That pushed me to do it. That's normally my thing. Normally I get, yeah. well, actually normally my thing is I watch someone else who's doing what I know I'm meant to do and I get really angry with them and judgy for about a day. And then I go, yeah. oh no, it's not judgment. It's because I know I'm meant to do that. And then I feel really awkward yeah. that I was grumpy with them. And then I feel grumpy at myself. And then I do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, th- I love that. And, and I, I, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I do think, because I mean, I've got a cheerleader too with my, with my husband, Rod, who owns Identify with me. And I do know that like we when we originally started, Rob wasn't in the business. And I know probably for you guys at some point, Scott might come and be part of your business full-time potentially. Mm. Would that be a potential without him well, outing, yeah. <laughs> outing and making him quit? <laughs> um, you would have to get to quite quite a yeah. much bigger level to be able to do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're, we're growing quite rapidly at the moment, which is really exciting. Um, we've just started building our own um, like cabin studio um, to move the business out of the house um, into its own location. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I've been um, lucky to see the sneaky peek of the plans and I got very excited about it. I know, so excited. (laughs) So so how did you know you were ready to go, besides the fact that COVID happened, which kind of pushed you into that selling online thing and made you take that jump? I mean, you'd actually taken a jump before that because we had talked about us working with you before COVID happened. So you'd been planning it for a while anyway. But how did you know you were ready? Was it just that COVID made you be ready to go to that kind of wholesome up? Or was there something where you went, I can't sustain this the way I want it? Or was it just a leap of faith? Um, well, we <clears throat> we have known that we how we want to grow. We just, yeah. it's just the funds really. So yeah. we, we'd been work with you for an entire year before we actually even started working with you and that was like one of my top goal was to work with identify marketing and Rachel Clover because we'd been to map it and Aww. I was <laughs> this wasn't planned by the way this I wasn't like a putting my hand up constantly <laughs> so um yeah map it was awesome and it was the first time I think I was just like oh my gosh this lady like gets what it is to have a business and how it is, you know. So I was just like, right, oh, moving on, really moving on. Work. Anyway, besides that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, besides me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, going, yeah, making a transition to doing wholesale. We have done wholesale uh, since we started, mm. um, but we haven't kind of really pushed it that hard because our focus has been doing markets. Mm. Um, so I think we had been approached by the gift fair previously which is a big um trade show basically for uh, retail um stores and customers um and it's quite a big outspend initially to have a have a site at this big expo yeah and um it's a big it's probably one of the scariest things um that we've done um but we were like well we just need to do it uh, you know, even if we don't make any sales, at least we're getting our brand out there. At least people are seeing us and interacting with us and learning about our story and what, what who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it just paid off so well. Um, <laughs> it's been quite a blur the last kind of like six weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've really loved it. Um, I do know that I've watched you go from 
the bees wraps and and having a really lovely market brand, which is a is a different thing. You know, if you're going to just do markets, which is nothing wrong with just doing markets, there is that kind of level to going. Hang on a minute, I want to do this and starting to mm. test the waters around how that looks like. And then suddenly going, oh, that's great for me doing this in markets and taking it seriously or selling online myself. But here's the mm. next step, which is how do I make it so that um, shops could have it in a display unit? Or how do I make it so that there's barcodes? I know we had that conversation. You got a big order and you're like, uh, yeah, I have barcodes. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> Did you have was- barcodes at that point, Sarah? No, we just winged it. <laughs> You have barcodes now. We do, yeah. So <laughs> that was a big learning curve. We um, got approached by a really quite a big um, customer, mm-hmm. and um, they said, "Oh, great! Um, you know, can we set up set up an account? Um, can you please send us a um, an initial order that you think we should order? Mm-hmm. Um, and do you have barcodes?" And I was like, "Yep, yep, cool. We can do all that. And yes, we do have barcodes." And so I quickly went onto the NZ Barcode website and looked at buying barcodes which were 25 or $25 each I think yeah, it's, it's um, a big big thing right yeah and when I counted how many SKUs of products we have we've got like nearly a hundred or over a hundred SKUs of products so uh, I had to buy a bundle of a hundred barcodes uh, which actually dropped the price down to like $8.25 per barcode which is great which is pretty good <laughs> right like that makes it better but it is those but are things all- you often don't think about right and that was another kind of initial spend. It's like that's another thing that you're spending um, that you you don't know you, if you're going to get that money back or how quickly you're going to get that money back, but you know you need to do it and invest that into your product and your brand. Yeah, so. <laughs> now, I've actually got a slightly, I've gone off, off the plan. Um, I've got a slightly controversial question I want to ask you. Mm. Um, so. We've had this conversation and it's a conversation I've had with other clients as well. Uh, you are very generous in sharing. And I, you know, I obviously have this too, where when you're sharing excitement and ideas about things and you're sharing what you're doing and how you're doing things, and you want to be supportive of other businesses in your environment or and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you can give a certain amount, but you still like you've had similar to me, but in a different framework had people say, can you tell me exactly who your supplier of such and such is or how are you doing exactly this? And a lot of that stuff that you've spent hours and hours creating, developing, like how has that been? Like how have you struggled with that a little bit? Like have you struggled about what to say or how to say it? How do you reply back to people like that? Yeah, massively. So yeah, with you. Um, yeah, so it, I, I love working and collaborating with people and sharing knowledge and growing and all that type of thing um I just I remember saying to you that I just feel like people want all all this knowledge from me um but I'm having conflicting feelings of I've worked so hard for all what 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 we've created um and I kind of feel like people just want knowledge or information like given to them Yeah. yeah Yeah, and I'm just like you know I've been giving has given out knowledge and helped helped some people with their businesses as well you know in terms of like creating logos and that type of thing, um, but when it gets to the point of um, I think maybe IP which is what you said like mm. we need to protect that um, because we have you know like some of the things that we've been working on could be months or maybe it was a year that you were working on that to find out that piece of information or you've invested money and knowledge so um yeah 
And it's hard because there's this whole movement around collaboration, not competition. And I'm 100% believer in collaboration, not competition. But there are sometimes lines where someone asks me something where I feel this kind of pull of, whoa, hang on a minute. Um, I feel uncomfortable about that because that's the stuff that someone would pay me for or it's something that is part of my secret goodness that I would want to share with someone. who if If I give that to you for free, then all these people who are paying for this product or, for, you know, product for you or service for me, they won't, yeah. they're not getting it, you know. And I think it's a hard yeah. line. It, yeah, it is. It's really difficult to know um, and, and also how to respond as well. Like if you asked on the spot. <laughs> Without sounding like uh, a bitch. Yeah, you don't want to sound like a bitch. <laughs> and, yeah. I'm, and I'm her as well, so it's a fiery, gingery bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, mine's just being a menopausal one, I reckon. <laughs> Very menopausal. Oh yeah, yeah, she's hormonal. Um, do you uh, like? It's interesting. Uh, maybe I should try doing. There's a TikTok thing at the moment, which is like a do 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 secret spy thing. And maybe I should just go. I should just say I'm a secret spy, and then that would be it. And I'd go. She's a weirdo, and she's not told me, but I'll laugh awkwardly, and then I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's all about. But it is hard. It is really hard. Now, the other thing I want to ask you about is. And we had this, we had a bit of a laugh last year because we set up Sarah's Facebook ads. Um, and she is amazing. She has a periods where she is amazing at her marketing, but it is hard to do the marketing consistently when everything else is going on. Would that be one of the things you'd say as someone who does everything yourself? Yeah. Yeah. It is hard, right? Yes. Yeah. So I do have a funny story that I'm going to totally out Sarah with because I, it's something I teach people and I often bring you up. I don't always identify who you are, but I'm totally going to do it now. Um, you shouldn't have come on the podcast. Uh, but we talked about last year, we had this thing, we'd set these ads up and they were performing really well and they suddenly dropped and we're like, what's going on? And then we realized that Sarah wasn't posting anything on social media. And the reason I think this is really important is we talked about this in episode nine uh, with Joe um, is that it's so important to make sure that your marketing is consistent and that's a really hard thing to do if you are the marketer the admin person the creator the manufacturer the producer the everything isn't it Sarah yeah, yeah definitely um and that was my bad <laughs> <laughs> no it was totally fine it was just a misunderstanding right but you you do do like people say oh my gosh I love the way that your posts are like you have done a really good, good job of that branding you have gone and got proper photos and things done though haven't you oh yeah definitely yeah we've invested in photography and um and video as well um and I and I've also bought my own um camera as well so I can create my own content as well yeah definitely it's so important Mm. you have a TikTok account but I haven't seen you do a lot of posting yet no I know I saw your one this morning actually and I was like oh man I, I feel like I should start doing one where I'm just outing other people who haven't been on TikTok. That would be funny. Um, <laughs> I asked you about TikTok two, like two years ago, and I was yeah. like, something we should do, and you're like, mm, maybe not just yet. <laughs> I, think I think the thing with TikTok, which I find is fascinating, as someone who was like, uh, is if, if you're doing reels, like if you're doing those on Instagram, you may as well put them on TikTok as well. And I think yes. that's the biggest thing. Um, is just if you're going to put video in one place, you may as well pop it on. And you've actually got quite a lot of video content that you could actually just multi-purpose for TikTok with sounds yeah. and then, you know. Post it over. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and that would make it easy. I think that's one of the things with marketing. It's really important to find ways to make this presence easy without putting too much load on yourself. Um, yes. Yeah, we repurpose a lot of our um, content as well, and I think that's one of the things that we've we've learned from you is um, repurposing content that you have um, and then just slightly changing it, um, but also adding value at the same time. So, um, and and we need to be sustainable of you, Sarah. <laughs> so but you do repurpose it right you just change things you might use the same video but put a different voiceover or different captions to it yeah different captions or or sometimes I edit videos so like videos done by someone else um I can I'm using an app called Splice um where I can go in and edit it or I can create a video obviously just using photos um and then you can add sounds over the top. Like I did a video the other day of the bee bombs, which we started this fire oh, with. Oh, yes. Yes, this <laughs> fake fire in the background. So tell us yeah. just a little bit about the bee bombs because I um, – so I'm going to tell my story about the bee bombs. So I last year decided I wanted to get my my um, all my family presents from my clients. So I paid for them, like I paid for everything. But I bought bee bombs from Sarah and I was so excited. And I bought them early. I like to get my Christmas presents early and I put them in my walk-in wardrobe and then one day I came home and there were just like little bits of honey-scented fabric all over my bedroom. And my black Labrador loves the smell of the honey and had eaten the entire container plus all the chocolate that I'd also bought for everybody. Sick oh. Labrador. But um, And then, you know, we could tell it was him because we got three dogs because of the evidence several days later, which I won't go into. Oh, um, but he did love the bee bombs. Yeah, well, lucky there was ever. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, but what what is a bee bomb? Wasn't an expensive vet bill. Yeah, it wasn't an expensive vet bill, thankfully. Yeah. 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 So, what is a bee um, bomb? Oh, the bee bombs. All right. So, they are natural fire starters um, and they're made with the discarded offcuts of our bees' wraps. So, it's a byproduct uh, that we've turned into another product. Um, yeah. So, and they make amazing fire starters. So, each bee bomb burns for 15 minutes um and they're all natural like no no chemicals or anything mm. um so they're and they're waterproof as well so they're great for camping or hiking and outdoors and things uh, yeah awesome. yeah those are the bee That's bombs awesome. <laughs> so tell me some things that you because you've got quite a range of products like i have actually today you can't those of you that are watching the video you can't tell but i've got one of your products which is my one of my favorite of sarah's products which is your i think i'm going to say it wrong hydrochloric acid hyaluronic Hydrochloric is not good, right? Hyaluronic. Yeah, hyaluronic. Hydrochloric, I think, would burn my face off. Hyaluronic. Hyaluronic. Yeah. Yeah, hyaluronic acid. Hydrochloric, well I think, would like like burn everything off. <laughs> yeah, not the right one. Hyaluronic yeah. acid, and it's this really cool little serum that I put on my face, and it makes me feel great. I'm very poor at remembering to put things on, so I've become addicted to that. Um, plus her rose hip, um, I love the rose hip oil at night too. It's a very soothing oh, and gentle, nice oil. Yeah, yeah. So I use I use Sarah's products, um, and I do I really love them. But um, in terms of like your whole brand, if you could look back now, do you feel like you've made the leaps at the right times? Do you have regrets over things that you've done in the past? Is it, is there anything that you kind of feel that you've learned that you feel oh, I wish I'd known that back then? Uh, yeah, I wish we had probably um, maybe invested in like marketing a little bit earlier, um, but it, it's hard to say that because at the time yeah. it's fun, impossible, funding. right? Yeah, so I 
don't have that regret. I probably do regret maybe not putting myself out there for wholesale a little bit earlier, I would say. Mm. Um, and that, I think, yeah, that's definitely a fair thing that I've had. Um, but also, you know, thinking that the brand wasn't quite there, wasn't quite ready. And then COVID hit <laughs> and people weren't wanting to stop products in their shops anymore. So, um, but yeah, since New Zealand's been back and open, um, it's it's just been so much support for New Zealand businesses. It's been amazing. Yeah. So, but you've yeah. got a stockist in Japan, haven't you? Yeah. And we actually met her at the markets. That's yep. so cool. So did that give you a boost when she chose some of your products to stock in Japan? Was that one of the things that made you start really seeing your product from the eyes of someone else? Uh, yeah, so we actually helped set up her business. Um, cool. Yeah, so she was like, oh, I'd really like to stock these types of products in Japan, um, you know, and, and introduce environmentally friendly and eco-type products to Japan because there's not really that many around at the moment. Um, and so I said, okay, cool. Well, um, do you need help? And so we designed her logo and yeah, helped her awesome. kind of set this. And um, she did um, like a Kickstarter kind of crowdfunding um, before she could start her business in Japan. So she bought some of our products, uh, our bees wraps, um, and then did some some funding um, and it exceeded what she hoped. And then she was able to start her business. So um, awesome. we were like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like, seeing her grow as well as helping us grow at the same time. So, that is yeah. amazing. So tell me if people want to find your products, um, where would they find yeah. them online? Like I know you've obviously got Stockist and um, I actually work with a couple of your clients, like your Stockist as clients as well. So I know a few of those. Um, but if people were trying to find you, where would they come and do that? Uh, so we have got our website, which is primroseandco.co.nz. Um, and that's our online store. Um, and then we also do the Mungify Tavern Markets most Saturdays. Um, and we do general collectives. We do expo, like the Go Green Expo. Um, yeah. Oh, and I've got an important question because we have quite a few listeners from Australia and actually other parts of the world. Do you ship your products out of New Zealand? Uh, yes, we do. So um, currently we ship to Australia um, and we're working on um, global. So Perfect. Just- Perfect. But of course, if someone's listening and wants to does have your pro be a distributor for your products, you'd be open to having a chat about that too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> may as well. Well, we I think we actually like last year we had our first order from America, um, which was amazing. So yeah, we can That's exciting. Ship. Awesome. So thank you so much, Sarah, for being a part of today. Um, and thank you for um, sharing your journey. I, I find it really fascinating to go through the fact that you've started from this small market space and showing that you don't have to have masses of money to start a business and then go to that growth, which I know you're now really excited about. Yeah, well, definitely. You don't have to have yeah m- money at all. You just have to have an idea and believe and take that leap leap of faith and throw your heart at it. So and it needs to be something that you believe in as well because you have to you definitely have doubts, you know, at times and you're like, why am I doing this? And you need to remember why you're doing it. Um because that makes you have a bit more faith and you know belief in yourself. <laughs> now just before we go, um I want you to because I did say that you have a menagerie of dogs and cats. Can you just run us oh, down? Yeah. Um, because it's very important. I, at the end of this, the podcast, I do like a little outro where I go through some sort of marketing applications that people can take from the podcast. But let's just talk about the pets. So yeah. just give us a rundown quickly. 
Okay. Uh, so we have a um, ex racehound, retired racehound. His name's Bentley. He's our big, big, beautiful Bentley. Uh, we've got Roxy. She's a whippet. And then we've got Loki, who's our little little grey cat. And then we've got sheep and chickens as well. I did mention them in the intro. <laughs> yeah, lamb chop number two. <laughs> Those are sound like delicious names. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. And um, I look forward to hearing more about your exciting endeavours as you grow. Cool. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. It was so great to hear Sarah's story. Now, before we jump into the action points that you can take from this podcast, I'd love it if you spend a little bit of time just to rate and review this podcast if you loved it um, today to help other people feel more confident about listening to it. And remember, always jump into joining our Facebook group, Map It Marketing, to ask questions about this podcast or just about marketing in general, because I'd love to help. Right, let's talk about some actions that you can take from this podcast. One of the things that Sarah talked about was not feeling confident about her pricing and how she had to go through quite a process to do that. We had an episode, which was episode six, around money mindset and pricing correctly. So if you're in that place of growing and you know you can't wholesale or you can't grow because your pricing's not correct, I really strongly recommend having a listen to that one. The other thing that I want you to think about is if you're wanting to grow beyond your markets, you really have to start creating a digital presence and a digital space. We've got a um, podcast um, that was all about how to improve your website, which might be really helpful, and that was episode seven. So you can go back and look at that. But what I'd like you to think about is to grow where you want to go. What's holding you back today? Is it a mindset thing? Is it a resourcing thing? Is it just that you haven't taken time to stop and pause and think about where you're heading? It's something Rod and I do for Identify on a regular basis, and it's so important to make that step. Next week, we've got a really cool guest with you today out for the podcast. It's also her first podcast, and I chose her because I fell in love with her Instagram stories. She is a person, her name is Lisa, and she's got a business that she sells clothing that she makes and, and gets ordered out, a cool little clothing label in Adelaide, and what she does is she tells the best Instagram stories that keep you so engaged. So for those of you that struggle to work out how to get people in, you might enjoy listening to her and finding out about just how she has grown her business through engaging storytelling. Looking forward to talking with her next week and have a great week. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in today to Map It Marketing with me, Rachel Claver. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclaver.com slash podcast for more information.